Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we are going to talk about a movie called Night Falls on Manhattan. Dylan, when does night fall and where does it fall upon? It fell upon this 1996 movie uh, that is one of those 90s courtroom dramas. Yeah, it's got a lot of that one going of for it. One of the many of those. For sure it does. Before we uh, render our verdicts on said film, should we talk about some other pieces of cinema? What are you watching? So let's see here. I rewatched the new Vacation. Oh, the Ed Helms. Yeah. Um, is who's a, is it? Christina Applegate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and honestly, there there's some dumb stuff in it, but a lot of it makes me laugh. I think, I think it's a solid reboot of Vacation. Fair enough. I mean, Vacation. Sorry, eighties kids. Vacation is garbage. Like the movie is not. Okay. I mean. I love vacation, but my favorite is Vegas vacation. I am right there with you because I am a 90s kid. So it's yes. like for the same reason that I love GoldenEye, I think Vegas vacation is the good one. Yep. But like GoldenEye has merits and as do other Bond films, but none of the vacation movies really do. I just think they're all such, I don't know. I don't really enjoy them, honestly. Have you seen the Ed Helms one? Yeah, I have. And I so the way that I'm allergic to Chevy Chase, I'm actually more respondent to Ed Helms. Like I like Ed Helms. I defend Ed Helms in a way that most of our culture seems to be like, fuck this guy. Why is he in movies? And I'm like, more Ed Helms movies. So I mean, I, I'm not like the biggest fan of him, but I think he's really funny in this. I think he's generally really funny. Like I kind of like Cedar Rapids and you know, yeah, he's yeah, great yeah. in the Hangover movies, and there's there's got to be a few others, you know, where I'm just like, yeah, this uh, Ed Helms, more, yeah, it's good. Um, okay. I also am a huge fan of Christina Applegate, so yes, and she's also very funny in it. Yeah, and the two kids are funny too. Who are the kids? The I only know the oldest kid who gets picked on by the youngest one. The youngest one I don't know, but the oldest one is um. <sighs> Skyler something uh he's okay. he's in licorice pizza now sure. uh yeah, like he's Skyler. in a bunch of yeah he's a in a bunch of stuff um okay okay ready for this one i don't know twilight saga oh all four yes. of them five wow yeah because uh sarah loves them and man, oh man, do those movies blow. <laughs> <laughs> they are, um, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Like the first one is fine. It's okay. all right. I like, cool, whatever. Second one is like royally ridiculous and just, ugh, just I don't know. It's dumb. That's all I'm going to say. It's dumb. Yeah, the my memory third. is incredibly limited on them, and it's sort of like, yeah, the first one is like teen drama, fine, whatever, and the then it's basically romance and okay. done me, just terribly. 
it's like a blank spot until they start playing baseball and then that's the first one oh okay so basically it's a blank spot from the baseball scene until the like winter fields elizabeth olsen everybody's fighting everybody's scene elizabeth olsen isn't that her no who's the like red witch dakota fanny yeah i'm sorry yeah well dakota fanny's in it but bryce dallas howard is the red vampire that's probably what i'm thinking of okay um yeah uh no need to even go into it like the fifth the fourth wait what is it the fourth one yeah breaking dawn part one the longest two hours of my life like there is <laughs> there is not a movie that i have ever felt that dragged so much they yeah. drag out the littlest of things and it is oh it's painstakingly bad and that second one is uh part two it like has fun moments towards the end like the battle isn't like bad to watch it's kind of cool but uh it's like super pro-life <laughs> and uh like and then i was reading up like on stephanie myers and she's in the church of the latter-day saints uh, he's just gonna say is that she's a mormon right she wears the underwear huh <laughs> what doesn't she wear the special underwear isn't that what i don't know i don't know but um yeah so it's like I- i'm done <laughs> I've yeah. never watched those again. <laughs> yeah, I watched them one time in order, just as a matter of like, well, I gotta see them. And my takeaway was like, well, I really wish I hadn't. Oof. Yes. So to counteract that, watched all the Harry Potters, okay. uh, which are genuinely fun. I love them so much. Actually, rewatching them right now because my roommate's never seen them. So wow. Or he's seen a few of them, just not all of them. I envy your roommate, honestly. They are never seen them. No, I yeah, I wish I hadn't. I they're another one where like it I and I have. I've seen all eight of those movies, eight or nine of them. Eight. At least two or three times because they're they happen to be some of my wife's favorite movies. Uh And for the life of me and I, I love my wife dearly and invest myself in the things that she cares about so when it comes to movies I'm like yes I'm gonna like be a movie fan with you I can't tell one of these movies from the next I don't know what happens and I don't care it's like the way my thing about Harry Potter is that it it elucidated for me the way that people view my fandom of star wars we're like i know the ins and outs of star wars and Mm -hmm. nobody should it's dumb as fuck so like i remember thinking that the when the harry potter is okay dude you can go deep on lord of the rings that one's fine fair and and you should (laughs) yes because lord of the rings is still the best fantasy trilogy of all time i get star wars is sci-fi but i would still pick lord of the rings any day honestly because it's a concise trilogy yeah and it's more effective as a piece of literature it's sort of like finished it's whole and Uh you know it's not a pastiche it's yeah it's yeah if we're arguing quality i guess i'd have to go there just to round up the thought though is that i remember thinking like when harry potter world opened who on earth would go to that place and spend money to do that and then Star Wars World opened, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to go to Star uh, Wars World. Go, yeah. 
<laughs> spend money on this I did bullshit. Both. Oh, I, I haven't done Star Wars yet, but I will. I will do it one day. <laughs> and I'm gonna get a custom lightsaber, and I'm gonna drink the blue milk. I can't fucking yep. wait. Yep. Uh, so cheers last... to your butter beer, Potter fans. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I just don't understand it. Um. Okay. Last one. Tell Yesterday, me. went and saw. Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, oh, say no more, man. I haven't seen anything about I haven't seen it yet, and I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. You don't want me to say what I thought? No, don't even say one single thing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Thanks, Dylan. That's really nice of you. I'm okay. I am really super looking forward to it. Um, how about this? We'll talk about it soon. All right. Fair. All right. Good deal. Um, okay, so that was it for you, huh? Yep, that's it. I mean, there might have been some other random ones, but it wasn't anything crazy. Okay, I got a couple I can talk about. Speaking of anything crazy, how about that Matrix film? I still haven't finished it. <laughs> that is a fair response. I was... Uh, definitely fell asleep and then went back and was like oh no the nap was fine i could have just like jumped back into this and yeah once it i made it like 25 minutes in, and once it was getting all meta with it and talking about how he created the video game of what he remembers yeah yeah, no i was like oh this is this is kind of lame it it's simultaneously lame and quality which is a weird like it's it is the thing that it has to be and when I'm watching that scene in other movies, when I'm watching that arc, I'm generally like, eh, fuck this bullshit. And at least watching this, I was sort of like, eh, I don't know, it's funny. You know, it's chippy. It's, it's, yeah, it's lighthearted. It's working, you know, it's, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I have to say about the Matrix at all. I do just I need just... to sit down and finish it, though. But honestly, I was just not into it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I was into it. I wouldn't say that I hated it. It. it I feels... feel like I need to go see it in theaters, like so I can just sit there and watch it. Because I've seen all the other ones in theaters, so it's like maybe I just need to go and sit there versus being at home. Yeah, I mean the Wachowskis. I mean, I guess this is. It's just Lana. Okay. Um, it, but at any uh, combination of the pair or whatever, they, the scale that they are capable of working at as filmmakers sort of, you know, there's only like a, a Christopher Nolan is sort of the only other person that comes to mind is like, no, no, you should see it in IMAX because it's a fucking Nolan movie. It's a Wachowski movie. It's a visual experience and i i probably would have liked it a lot more watching it in that environment but yeah as it stood only okay um have you must have seen the rules of attraction oh yeah i own that movie oh i hate that movie <laughs> uh, that's totally fair man i think it's this weird um i don't know i i it's just a weird movie that honestly uh i love the way it ends i yeah i don't hate the way it ends so much as i hate the way it begins 
I wish that the ending and the sort of runtime of it had like justified that choice or made use of sort of that like time quirk thing that it's doing. Cause it does leave me with a little bit of the question of like, well, is that what's going to happen? Maybe fate has affected itself and there's hope here. I, I don't know, man. I don't think that it ever... It's quite... not... I'm not trying to, like, defend it as a great movie, but sure. it's... I I think it's grown in cult status, too, because it's such a bizarro movie. And it's one... Uh, Brett Easton Ellis, right? And he said that that movie is one that has kind of closely stayed to the novel. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I... Like the way the movie ends it mid-sentence, the book, I guess, ends mid-sentence too. And I think even starts in mid-sentence. That's strong. That's like I said, I think that's kind of the, the, the strongest point of the movie. I think you can tell that exact same story without having such a, a vile, you know, it's just is like one of the worst things that's ever been depicted on screen. There's a lot of shittiness up on that screen for sure and but like what a cast yeah great cast really truly great cast and really incredible performances what year was that it's i think it's oh two twenty two thousand yeah 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 yep you're right yeah uh, and i i really like james vanderbeek i kind of like him in this mode too sort of like i like him as this creepy um creepy <laughs> creepy Creepy. That's what it is. Creepy. Yeah, it sort of, uh, I'll say it here, it brought to mind some of the Greg Araki, Araki films, like the Doom Generation and Nowhere. Oh, you were telling me about them. Yeah, I have them on my watch list. They, Although you can't rent them, I don't think. Like I found copies on YouTube that I'm going to watch. Yeah, they're hard to get a hold of, but they do some of the s- same stuff in much more interesting, realistic ways that don't feel as exploitative or unnecessary. The you know what it, it like Rules of Attraction felt like it was trying to be like uh, the uh, oh my god, what's the big one from the eighties with Robert Downey Jr. Less than zero. Less than zero. Yeah. It was trying to be that for the two thousand and the early 2000s late 90s yeah it also sort of feels like it's doing a kids thing or like it it really raises the stakes and then just kind of it gets heavy it starts it's just like any brett easton ellis novel though gets fucking crazy yeah fair yeah fair enough it's he's uh, a polarizing author that's a way to describe him <laughs> I, i've never read any of his novels i've only seen the movies based on them and uh whatever this movie i was not a fan of i there's it, some things that i really did enjoy about it you know it, if it was wrapped in a different shell i would be singing a different song here as it stands i'm just like oh i don't need that and i don't want to i can totally that. understand that yeah, fair enough. So uh, to pivot into a movie that is so good, and I wonder if it's just because it was the next movie that I saw. So I revisited The Big Sick. Oh. It's so good. It's good. Yeah, I remember enjoying it. I wasn't the biggest fan of it when I saw it. 
I was a big fan when I saw it the first time. I was maybe even a bigger fan of it this time. It's I, like, obviously, Holly Hunter is one of the greats of all time. Um, who is it? Emily? Uh, sorry, no, no. The Emily is the character's name. Uh, who is the woman who plays um, Emily? Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't Christ. remember her name. It is Zoe Kazan. Yeah. Zoe Kazan. There you go. She's like she's good. Like the the cast is great. They're phenomenal. Just I thought the movie was like it, it's great. It's good. I definitely own it. Like I own a digital copy. Fair enough. Yeah, it's worth having in your collection. It. I think it's somewhere between or like the best of both Sleepless in Seattle and Terms mm. of Endearment. It is just manages to be a perfect rom-com and an incredibly heartfelt and like uh, really well observed character romance and comedy. I totally give it that. Yeah, it works. Some of the stuff just works so so well, and you end up rooting for everybody in in such specific ways. And yeah, just I was weepy the whole time. I was like, oh my god, this movie is just even. Like I said, I started from a place of really liking it and just thought it was great full stop great it's so so good um how about raya and the last dragon she's a dragon i really enjoyed that i really did too that's kind of my whole take on it It was like oh good yeah no it was solid yeah i like how much of it revolves around uh cooking delicious food (laughs) yeah those scenes have you seen turbo the snail movie yeah the snail movie i remember when it came to theaters no i i never actually saw it it's pretty good (laughs) it's cute he's a little tiny snail and he wants to go fast and then they let the snail race in the indy 500 the real ass (laughs) like a snail versus race car in the indy 500 it's a delight (laughs) oh that's great Here's all I really want to say about it is that I got into a conversation with a friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago about, oh, what even was it? Um, something with Oscar Isaac and or Michael Pena. Are they in the same movie? The Card Counter? No, is Pena in that one? Card Counter is Isaac. Is Isaac, for sure. I don't know if Pena is in it. Anyways, we were having a, a rambling conversation and he was professing his love for Oscar Isaac, which is fair. He's one of our finest actors. And the guy can do just like basically anything. Mm-hmm. But like I had mentioned, Michael Pena came up in some context. And my point was, yeah, well, Michael Pena could have been Lewin Davis, but Oscar Isaac couldn't have done some of the comedy stuff that Pena's done. So I used uh-huh. like, do you remember Circus from My Name is Earl? No. It's an insane character that is like, you know, has a wonky eye and wears a, a bathing cap, like a shower cap is at it all Pena? times. It's Pena. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers, man. Even He's, him in uh, Observe and Report. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is. So like, even Oscar in the new vacation movie, Michael Pena shows up as one of those cops at the four four points yeah (laughs) and he's like get your foot out of my state (laughs) so 
you know, Oscar Isaac couldn't have been the cop no. in Vacation no. or the weirdo from Observer Report or the no, fucking maniac not. drug dealer in My Name is Earl. <laughs> but legitimately, Michael Pena could have been Lewin Davis or Poe Dameron. Imagine I mean, a world where Michael Pena is a lead in the Star Wars movies because... I could see that more than Lewin Davis, though. Because Oscar Isaac does everything. He plays yeah. everything. No, I don't know if right. he can do that. But if you found out tomorrow that Michael Pena can play <laughs> guitar <laughs> and sing, like if he dropped an album, you'd just be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. Of course. It's probably pretty good. Oh, that's great. He's fucking Michael Pena. All right, that's what I have been viewing as of late. Should we talk about the night that fell on Manhattan? Night falls on Manhattan. Tell uh, me about it. Yeah, so I think this movie is a mixed bag. There's, <laughs> I really like the acting that's going on in this. There's so much happening. I don't think I like the editing of it, though. Interesting. Okay. I think. I don't love a lot of the acting that's happening here. And it's maybe the, for me, it's the biggest problem is that. I mean, I'm speaking more on like a specific scene, like Ian Holm at the end uh, going off on why uh, he did it, why he took the bribe. And I fucking loved that scene. That was probably one of the best scenes to me in the movie. It's the script there is great. The writing, I think, is really incredible throughout the whole movie. But that scene is Ian Holm is screaming the whole time. And Andy Garcia, okay. And but Ian Holm is like a venerable character actor. So he knows that he has to get to that point. Most of the other people in this movie are screaming their way through it. So it's just as like, the whole thing is pitched at a, a 12, man. These amplifiers go up to 13. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody. Dreyfus looks like fucking Albert Einstein over here. Let's just take one second and talk about Dreyfus because I find <laughs> him, it, an internal dialogue that I have with myself is that I'm sometimes like really hard on actors and I don't want to be that guy necessarily. And especially if I'm like being whatever I, i'm not trying to unpack all that stuff here but like <laughs> richard dreyfus is a cartoon character of a performance and i just he all it comes across cartoon because of his hair and his mustache like if that <laughs> wasn't there maybe it would not have felt so no. okay but the mustache has always been there and oh, yeah. the hair is like he didn't that's not a i mean it probably is a wig but like straight up if you told me (laughs) that he just let his hair grow for three weeks i'd be like yeah that's richard dreyfus he's such a distraction of a human being and i've never found him to be a convincing screen presence and compelling i guess but even in like jaws i'm just sort of like who is this muppet why do they let him be in movies? I don't get it, man. It's so fucking strange. And I, what a, I hate it, dude. I, he's like, I, he's, oh, we were talking about, uh, oh, damn it. It was like Kristen Stewart and Andy McDowell, right? Like, I can't stand Kristen Stewart, but I really like Andy McDowell. Oh, yeah. So, like, I cannot stand Warren Beatty, but I really like Richard Dreyfus. He's just like, <laughs> an obnoxious clown who does not belong in movies and i'm just like 
yeah, great. More Richard Dreyfus. He's insane. I want to watch this. Okay. I just had a weird glitch in my speaker. You cut out for a second. Oh, everything I said was hilarious and uh, insightful. So we can just move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was really weird. Um, man, yeah, this movie is it's truly disappointing because Sidney Lumet is one of the greatest directors of all time. Yeah, I'll, I'll point a little blame there because it this is 1996 and uh -huh. he must have been i mean easily in his 70s if not 80s at this point he he was an elderly man you know he died when he was 86 so and he it, died in 2011 okay so he would have been a little younger I, I guess i'm not being fair to him but it really does feel like a director who does not have control of the tone of the movie because of the level of star and actor in the movie you know andy garcia at this point was like the fucking man richard dreyfus is one of the kind of ogs of that period of new hollywood you know wank fest so he can get away with a lot mm -hmm. and you know the other people here are, are generally like really pretty great character actors and <laughs> i want to talk about ron liebman but mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry Go ahead. okay because when he screams in that dude's ear whatever the <laughs> That shit is so funny. And like, yeah, no, like that's, there's weird things in this movie. I, I don't, the editing is bizarre. There's some weird cuts and some courtroom scenes and the ending. I, I like the way the story ends and everything, but yeah, I think this, I don't know what's wrong with this movie. It, it's, it has so much going for it, but it's not there. I, I so you you called it kind of like a classic '90s courtroom drama earlier, and I think that touches on something that is sort of the problem and the magic of this movie, is it's a '90s courtroom drama novel adaptation. Mm -hmm. So we're taking probably like 350 pages, maybe only 300 pages of airport novel, and squeezing it into a two-hour movie. So it's simultaneously not enough and too much. So there's these sort of plots kind of balancing with each other that don't ever quite balance out because we get a lot, it is primarily a courtroom drama and yet we spend a lot of time outside of the courtroom. You know what I mean? It's like where it starts from, I actually really like the first 30 minutes of this movie. I'm all in. Hook, dude. Yeah, I loved it. Ian, I thought Ian Holm died uh, when he got shot. I'm like, oh man, what a crazy thing just to have him here for a few minutes. But then obviously that sets the whole story in motion. <laughs> right. But even before that, the sort of like, um, is it uh, Paul Gilbert? No, what's the, he's like given the, the speech about the muddy, sticky nature of the law. And uh -huh. then we slide through Andy Garcia's career real quick. And that mm -hmm. stuff is like working and interesting. And I like the, like I said, muddy kind of gray, you know, this is not a clean cut story that it's like punching you in the face with that. But it's like I said, it's cooking, it's moving. And then and Gandolfini's that, up in there. Dude, we'll get to Gandolfini. But the <clears throat> sort of escape slash murder sequence where our uh, 
hero victim killer you know uh underworld boss type like takes out a bunch of cops and then puts on a uniform and like slides out the door in the cop car that oh oh i mean i love it just as a trope i love a like emergency vehicle getaway but this one in particular is just like pretty nice man it, it, it really works and then we go to the courtroom pretty directly after that there's some like sort of leather about getting andy garcia in the way and like we said what's his uh rachel's dad from friends oh, i have no idea ron liebman sorry oh, it's ron. i didn't know he was her dad oh yeah he's you know great as uh jack geller anyways he's great he's great <laughs> he's out of control so we got some time with him and then it does turn pretty steadily into a court drama at that point. And like I said, I just refuse to take Richard Dreyfuss seriously. I don't know why <laughs> would expect that of me. Honestly, I mean, I don't mind him. And it was hard for me to take him seriously in this because of his whole costume. What about, Bob? sorry, um, it, yeah, but I like the point that he's making also. I think that's uh, worth unpacking probably on a different podcast. But like, no, that he dude was definitely, he was going to get assassinated by yeah. the police that he was working with because that's how this shit goes down. And that's an interesting defense. That's fucking interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't some, get me wrong. I'm on his side. I, for, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, should we say fuck one, two a few more times? Let's yeah. make that very, very clear. <laughs> um, yeah, it just is that the movie is not so much interested in that as it is like, how is Andy Garcia going to handle? But I like that too, you know, and I like where it ends up with Richard Dreyfus sort of being like, nah, you, bro, it's this is the game. It's shitty mm -hmm. out here. You and Garcia's final ways. speech. Garcia's final speech in the movie too to the classroom was. Wait, that is isn't that the one where he's like, "You're gonna take cases that you, yeah, you know, where like an innocent man dies or a, a or criminal like does the right thing that you truly think that you truly care about and guaranteed you're gonna lose those cases, and it's about how you deal with that too. What a frustrating, frustrating life, man. <laughs> Good God, yeah, it's um, it's a really okay movie that you know what i mean it's it there is lots of great character actors you i know what it feels like a, like a really good uh like if you're stranded in a hotel somewhere like and it pops on tv or yeah. maybe an airplane movie even yeah maybe you know, it's a little too draggy for an airplane movie yeah you want a little more snap when you're flying across an ocean yeah. for sure yeah it's more like stranded <laughs> in a hotel somewhere it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely my flight got canceled to 2 p.m yeah it's also got big dad movie energy vibes absolutely yeah um all right you want to play some trivia i'm down okay uh let's play a version of my very favorite game this one's called Gandolfini. Now you don't. And I'm going to name okay. for you. Okay. Why did you? Why? Why that? Because I'm going to name for you three movies 
that star or, or feature the talents of the wonderful James Gandolfini. May he rest in peace and power, I guess. Um, but the game for you is that you have to tell me which cast member of Now You See Me and or Now You See Me Too also is in this movie with James Gandolfini. Gandolfini, now you don't. <laughs> so there's people that are in Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. Wait, is that what it's called? Frustratingly, it is called Now You See Me Too. I'm pretty uh, sure. Instead uh, of like, Now You Don't or something so clever. So there's people in those movies that are in Night Falls on Manhattan? No, but James Gandolfini is in Night Falls in Manhattan. And James Gandolfini is in movies with people who were in Now yeah. You See Me okay. and or Now You See Me Too. Okay. And I'm going to name the Gandolfini movie. You have to tell me the person from the Now You See Me franchise that was in this movie with Gandolfini. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Have you ever seen Where the Wild Things Are? Yes. Do you know which member of the magical cast was in it along with Gandolfini? Um, uh, it can't be... It, it, is it a voice? Is it one of the voices? Probably. I don't or know. I haven't it, seen it. You didn't see Where the Wild Things Are? I haven't seen it. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I'm going to say... No, it's not a voice. It's got to be the... Oh, it's Ruffalo. It's Ruffalo. He's the boyfriend He's, of the mom. I know. I've seen it. Lies. How about The Last Castle? Do you remember that one? I love that movie. That's a pretty fucking good movie. That's a great movie. That's like the Prison Break helicopter one. Uh-huh. And like he gets shot in the back like going for the same. Uh, oh, yeah. That movie rules. Fucking great. All right. So which magical member? Ruffalo as well. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, Last yeah, yeah. one. Have you ever seen All the King's Men? haven't but i know i know the remake yeah it's that's a big cast it's a big cast which member of the magic circle is that what they call themselves oh my god they don't no that can't be right that feels like it's from the, the CW magic show. Circle. <laughs> it's gotta be something like that man the magic circle i well okay you think about who's in this movie and i will tell you about what's going on with the okay, I'm trying to think of the cast of Now You See Me um, Eisenberg no he's not in that oh no uh, they're part of the eye it's not the magic circle they're part of the eye oh the eye so that's dumb too uh, no it rules you're wrong <laughs> um, fuck uh, Woody is Woody's not in all the king's men Woody is not in all the King's Men, but he um, is a member of the Eye. Um, definitely not Dave Franco, and definitely not uh, Isla Fisher. Um, maybe Isla Fisher. Uh, it's not Isla Fisher, buddy. 
Ruffalo? It is Mark Ruffalo. Oh, God. <laughs> Three in a row. That's pretty funny. He's the only one who shares any credits with Gandolfini, and he shares three credits with Gandolfini. And when you say it out loud, it seems insane. But then when you actually say it out loud, you're like, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. All right, buddy, uh, let's play one more game, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to play a game called night falls on cinema because this movie has a terrible title yeah in honor of the terrible title we're going to talk about other movies that have the word night in them okay so i'm going to give you the vaguest description possible and you're going to name the movie okay every movie will have the word night in it are you ready yes okay number one this is the first of Norman Jewison's perfect movies. He made more than one. It stars uh, Sidney Poitier. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, 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 uh, In the Heat of the Night. That's the one. Um, Norman Jewison also made Moonstruck, which is an honorable mention for night-themed cinema. <laughs> Okay, speaking of perfect movies, um, Tucci and Shaloub make eggs. Big night. There love it is. That. Love that movie, dude. God, that's so good. I love that movie very, very much. Okay, um, most recently on this list, starring Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy, Edgar Wright. Last from, Night in Soho. That's the one. Okay, uh, it's the only other Lumet that fits the category. It's an adaptation of Eugene O'Neill play that speaks to how long this man's career was. It came out in 1962, I think. 1962. Yeah, Ooh. it's OG stuff. Uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn is in it. Ooh, I don't know. It's a long sure. journey into night. Into night. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it, but yes, obviously know of it. That's what it's called. I haven't seen it either. Okay, um, let's see. How about the OG was made by Tom Holland, a remix more recently by Netflix. Some people might call it <laughs> Spooky Sleepy Time. It's new. No, uh, the original is like 84, 85, Tom Holland. And then Netflix recently remade it but as a trilogy. You were talking about it during our Halloween cast. You were, you were into it. Not Fear Street. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I was, you know what? I got confused. It's not Fear Street, though. There is a remake of these movies but it's not fear street it's um like uh uh you're so close it's two words and Silent, deadly night no 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 <laughs> only two words and one of them is night and the other one is synonymous with fear but it rhymes nightmare on elm street <laughs> it's fright night fright night oh oh yeah 
we did talk about that. Sorry. Okay, I'm not crazy. What about uh, Travolta staying alive? I'm doing the finger pointing dance. And he's got a movie with night in it. Yeah, buddy. Staying a Saturday Night Fever. There oh, it is. Had, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You kept when you said staying alive. That's the name of the sequel to. I was just like staying alive. <laughs> that's really confusing. Um, okay, speaking of dance movies, wait, yeah. <clears throat> you. What about you? Me? Him? Him? You? Me? Cocaine nose? Boogie nights. No, that's a uh, really good answer. <laughs> it's a. Uh, uh is it Cretan? No. <laughs> Will Farrell and Oh Night at the Roxbury. That's and no, it's not that. What isn't it? Not like going up to the nose. It's you want to dance? No, me, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you, me, him, no, yes, no. Too much cocaine? Yes, isn't that no. the whole bit? No. What? No. You're talking nonsense it's here. It's not cocaine. Okay, how about Jesse Plemons talking about Tostitos? What do you mean it's not cocaine? I'm sorry, I can't get past it. The entire point of that whole, oh my goodness, not cocaine. You're a maniac, Dylan. No, they never show them doing coke. Because it's a Saturday Night Live sketch. Well, the movie. (laughs) Well, yeah, the probably PG-13 rated movie. We have to move on from this. (laughs) Okay, um, Jesse Plemons talking about Tostitos, people not breaking through glass tables. It's, um, you know, when you uh, collectively enjoy an activity, sometimes there's teams involved. It's only two words here. Uh, oh, oh word rhymes three, with... three words. No, it's two. What is your movie? Oh, did you, who'd you say? Jesse Plemons? Yeah. Isn't it Friday Night Lights? No, that's a good answer too. Fuck you. (laughs) Wow, all of my clues work for both movies. That's so funny. Um, Okay, now come up with the other one. Fuck. Um, (laughs) Oh, shit, I don't know. Um, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman, I'm pretty sure. Is that the... Game night. There it is. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Wow. Okay, are you a big Jim Jarmusch fan? I like Jarmusch. How about the one with Winona Ryder and all the taxi cabs? Night in the City. Not quite, buddy. Oh, uh, fuck. I know this movie, too. Fuck. Hold on. Uh... What I'm holding, uh, I'm holding on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's night on Earth. Night on Earth. Yeah, Duh. half and a Jim point, Collins I guess. And fucking uh, lots of people in that movie. Big cast, five Music cities by Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, it is a Jim Jarmusch movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last one. It's Emilio and Cuba in an RV fighting for survival. Emilio and Cuba, Emilio yeah. Estevez That's and right. Cuba Gooding Jr. in an RV. Buddy, have, yeah, am I talking crazy again? 
I don't know if I've seen this movie. This sounds nuts and I need to see it. Oh, we're going to have some fun next week on Made in the 90s. This movie is called Judgment Night. No, I've never seen it. Hold on, I'm going to Google it. Oh, dude, straight up. It, we should put this on the roster. It's a perfect like HBO, you know, after dark kind of you're in middle school and not allowed to watch this movie. It's silly. It's scary. It's great. All right. J- Jeremy Piven, Dennis Leary. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'll add this to the list. We'll, uh, we'll pair it with, was RV the Robin Williams movie? That feels like it might have been 2000. That was deep. That was a little like 2006. Uh, well, we'll find some other vehicular movie to pair it with. <laughs> all right, buddy, that is all the questions that I have for you about this movie and others. Do you have anything that you want to say about Night Falls on Manhattan? No more.